Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Unforbidden Truth. I'm Andrew and welcome to Unforbidden Truth. Today I'll be speaking with convicted Georgia murderer Mariel Bemis. Mariel's convicted of suffocating her three year old daughter, Layla, with a pillow. Leading up to the murder of her daughter, Mariel and her boyfriend, Troy Walker, had got into an argument about another girl Troy was talking to and actually called him that night, which Mariel confronted Troy after the fact, which subsequently led up to the breakup of Troy and Mariel. Shortly after Troy had left the residence, Mariel had killed her daughter. After she killed her daughter, she had called Troy to come back. Once he got back to the residence, he had subdued Mariel and waited for the police to come and to which then Mariel was arrested for the murder of her daughter, was charged and ultimately convicted. Mariel's serving a life sentence with the possibility of parole. Here's my interview with convicted Georgia murderer Mariel Bemis. What was your childhood like growing up? Um, Lord, um, well, I was adopted at birth. My family is white. I'm the only black one in my family. My family is also Mormon or LDS, however you want to say it. So that's what I was brought up as. I was really shy, quiet. I was actually, people thought I was a mute because I didn't ever speak. I just really stayed to myself. We were homeschooled. I was homeschooled all the way until I graduated and went to college. So I only have like one friend. She lived like next door to my parents' house. So that was my best friend growing up. Other than that, I just stayed to myself. Did you ever suffer any type of abuse or any type of trauma growing up? Um, no, I wouldn't, not any physical abuse, emotionally, you could say, I don't know, my family is very, it's hard to explain my family, like, they're very shut off, like, emotionally, they're really cut off, they're very, like, stiff, so I don't, I don't know, we didn't get treated, like, we weren't, they didn't show affection, they didn't show love, or anything like that, but as far as, like, them putting their hands on us or anything else. Have you been diagnosed with any mental illnesses prior or since being in prison? Um, since being in prison, yes. I've been diagnosed with personality disorder, um, bipolar disorder, dysthemia. When I first got locked up, I did therapy. I took a bunch of different groups and stuff. I had a individual therapy, which is like a counselor you see once a week. Now I take medication. Um, it's been changed a few times, but at the moment I'm just on anxiety medication. What was your behavior like growing up? Um, like I said, I was very quiet. I guess I became depressed when I was about 14 or 15. I really, I didn't eat. I had an eating disorder for a long time. Where I just, I just starved myself. I mean, I would eat anything for days, days, days. Um, 
and I was real thin. Um, my parents really didn't know anything was going on, I guess. That's what they tell me. I just stay in the bed all day. I just stay in bed under my book covers. Um, I started cutting when I was 15. You were 18 years old when you became pregnant? So, how did you feel when you found out you were pregnant, as well as when your daughter was born? When I found out, I was kind of freaking out, because I lived in, I had left home as soon as I turned 18 and went to Michigan through this boyfriend, and I got pregnant. So, I didn't, I wasn't around anybody, I didn't have anybody. So, I was kind of like, uh, what the fuck am I going to do type thing. Um, after I had Layla, I was okay. I kind of went back, I kind of slumped back into my depression, because it's like, I was just at home by myself most of the time, or I would just sit there, and I don't know, I just, it kind of got to me, I guess. Did you feel angry or sad or upset that you had got pregnant? Um, I was, because at the time, okay, we went from Michigan, we went to Oregon, and we lived in North Bend, Oregon for a while, um. And at the time, like, I was with her father, and we even got married for a little bit, but he just, like, he didn't do anything. He was pretty much useless. Um, so, yeah, I was upset. Like, I really, almost as soon as I had her, went back to working. So, and it was just me, like, so it was kind of stressful. So I felt like everybody was depending on me. Was your daughter ever abused in any shape or form? by anybody in her life, whether it be you, her father, etc.? Um, her father, okay. I believe so. I would come back from work, and he'd always have this friend over there the guy. And I didn't think anything of the guy. I didn't think anything of him either. But it started to get to the point where he would come back, or I would come back, and she would, like, run to me. And I could tell she was scared of him. So... I remember one day I came back and, sorry if this is like too much to say, I don't know. Um, I was changing her diaper and I could tell something was wrong, like down in her private area. Like it was red, it was swollen, and it wasn't like a diaper rash or anything. You get what I'm saying? Was, was she ever taken to the hospital to determine what that was? No, I was, I was really scared take her to the hospital, do anything. Like, I've always, I was scared that they were going to take her away from me or, like, I really didn't know what to do. Like, again, like, I was on my own. I was by myself in Oregon. Like, I didn't have anyone. That was the main time because after that, we got divorced shortly after that. When did you meet your boyfriend you were with at the time, um, which ended up in a breakup the night of the murder? Um, Troy, I met him. I had moved back to California. Me and Layla, we were staying with my parents. I had We had a mutual friend that introduced me to him. And, I, I mean, he seemed like a good guy. He had been in the military. He was really sweet. Like, we went, before I moved up here, I went to visit him. Uh, me and Layla, like, it was great. We were here for, like, a week. Um, just got to know each other and stuff like that. Um, he took to Layla really well. She was kind of iffy about him at first, but... Was he ever abusive towards yourself? Um, we got into it physically a few times. 
it was kind of, it was pretty much both, but it wasn't really one or the other. The night of the murder, there was a breakup between you two. And so who was the one that broke it off? And I know there was an argument after he left or before he left. Um, actually, I'm surprised. But, um, we got into because the girl he was seeing, like she, she helped me with this woman. And she had like texted me out. She had called his phone. So, but I answered the phone, so I started talking to her and questioning her, whatever, whatever. So then, like, he ran out of the room, and we fought in the living room over the phone for, seemed like, forever. Like, I, like we were wrestling each other and everything. Um, and after that, like, I found out or whatever, oh, I want to say I told him to leave, but then when he was leaving, I was like, no, don't leave. They were, like, she had told me they were in, like, a full-fledged relationship, all this stuff. He was going to marry her. So then, like, when he was leaving, he came out and said, like, well, I'm, I'm, he told me he was leaving. And he's like, I'm just, he, like, and I never, he never gave me a reason why. I still don't know why, actually. How did you yourself feel after you two broke up? What were your emotions like at the time? Um, I kind of, like, I can put my emotions as being, like, like, the self-pity kind of upset like oh he's with somebody else that I kind of pushed aside but I was freaking out like like the day before I they had just cut off my food stamp the day before that I had went for a job interview I like put his hand in my skirt like all this crazy shit was already happening so when that happened like I realized I was fucked because he like the apartment was in his name the car was in his name like I didn't have shit I'm 1500 miles away from my family I don't have nothing so, like, I asked him, I'm like, well, what are we supposed to do? And he just kind of, like, shrugged it off, like, figure it out. Yeah, like, I got stuck out. I remember I cut myself. Uh, I don't know. I was just I was just freaking out, like, all together. I just felt like this has already happened before as far as, okay, you're going to leave your current family or whatever you want to call it. For another family, um, and I didn't know I didn't know what to do. So let's talk about the aftermath of the breakup, which resulted in the death of your daughter. Can you walk us through the confluence of events that led up to the murder of your three-year-old daughter? Um, it was really quick. Like after he left, and sorry, there's something that I don't remember exactly, but it's like. I just kind of remember, like, it's like I was watching myself, like, from above. Like, I'm watching what I'm doing. So, he left out. I don't know. There's a point in time I don't remember what I was doing. I think I was going back and forth, like, trying to figure out what to do. Um, I went in the bathroom, and I was like, well, I'm just going to, like, take myself out of the picture all this or whatever and I was like okay well I can't it sounds dumb now what I'm saying like I was like I can't leave Layla so um I just thought about like everything and it was like basically I felt like I wasn't gonna be able to take care of her but I was so worried that if I didn't if like say her my ex-husband had her or something it would go back into the abuse and it wasn't going to be something I would be able to do anything about because 
I didn't have the means to take care of her myself. The plan was to take both of our lives. It wasn't just her. I never felt like she was a burden. I just, like, I felt like, I still feel like, like, I failed her. I didn't do what I was supposed to as a mother. Like, I relied too heavily on men, and it's like, I just didn't, like, I, but I didn't know how to break the pattern of doing that with relationships and people. And it's like, I've dragged her from here to here to here to be with these people. And, like, it's all backfired in my face. And I just felt like she's been through so much shit. And I know that wasn't my decision to make. I just felt like it was wrong. And I felt like it was going to continue happening, whether because of me or because of somebody else like I said I figured she'd end up with her father and I knew that wasn't going to be a good decision how exactly was your daughter murdered um I I took her in the bathroom she was sleeping um I I used the pillow I think I thought it took forever but it actually only took like a like a minute or two did she wake up during the smothering um Towards the end, yeah. Was she able to make out any words? Was she telling you to stop? Um, she just, um, sorry. Um, I just remember she said my name. She was like, mommy, mommy. And then after you realized that she had stopped breathing, what was going through your head at the time knowing she just took her last breath? Um, I don't know. I was really spaced out. Um, so I had this cord. I don't know if it was a cable cord. I don't know where I even got it. I had it like rigged up on the door. I was going to um, hang myself. And that's really as far as I got. Troy came back. Did he come back? Did you call him or did he come back on his own? I think, I believe I called him. So prior to calling him, did you attempt to commit suicide or did you just, did you have second thoughts? Um, no, I, at first I attempted like CPR. I did mouth to mouth on Layla for a long time. And then after that, I was just like, okay. Then I tried to kill myself. What exactly did you do? I know you said you were you were using a cord. Um, did you actually get yourself to the point where you were hanging, or did you did you attempt? And when you couldn't do it, were you scared, or were you just frustrated, or just like when I was like, I don't even know, like what the fuck I'm doing, or whatever, um, because it kept falling, like it kept coming undone, it kept falling, like all this stuff. It sounds really stupid now, but. Then I was just kind of like, okay, well, what the fuck? What was the aftermath that followed the murder that evening? Um, it was crazy. Like, Troy came in, he was screaming, and I remember he kept trying to um, take her, just kept trying to take her body away from me. And I remember we just, we were going back and forth, um, like, he pushed me into the bedroom, um, and Troy used to be a military cop. He had handcuffs. I don't know. Um, so he cuffed me, like, behind my back. So, 
and we struggled around or whatever because I'm like I kept trying to get away from him and he kept grabbing me and I was just like I want my baby I want my baby and he wouldn't let me go back in the bathroom and I started to freak out I remember I stepped through the handcuffs so they were back on the front um and he still wouldn't let me go in there and we fought I can't really say we fought because I was handcuffed but I remember he pushed me down on the bed and I ended up on the floor somehow or another and he dragged me by my hand I got up on my back, he dragged me by my hand, down the hallway, and into the living room. He had called the police by this time. And I just kept trying to go back down the hall, and every time, like, he would, like, intercept me. So, when the police came, I was sitting, like, on the floor. I was on the floor, and I was just crying and belligerent. And I remember, I just physically remember one of them, like, stopping mid-walk and being like, wait, why are you in handcuffs? And... Um, I don't really remember going outside, but I remember I was in a police car, and that was the last time I, I had talked to Troy at that point, like, I didn't even see him after that, but I remember I sat in the police car for what seemed like hours, and I was screaming the whole time, and I know they got tired of me, but I was just crying and screaming, I was kicking the seat, I was trying to go back inside, and I just kept saying, like, I was like, where's my baby, where's my daughter, I want my baby, I kept saying, it's like, I don't, like, I didn't realize what had happened, I guess, if that makes any sense, so I just kept at, like, I did, I don't know, um, I remember the officer, like, got mad at me, because I kept saying that, I guess maybe they thought I was being funny, because I kept saying, like, well, where's my daughter, and she was just, like, really, like, like, she was looking at me like, bitch, fuck you. Um, they came, a detective came, I don't know any of their names or anything. And he was like, he told me to calm down. And he's like, we're going to help you. We're going to help you. We're going to get you help. He's like, you have to calm down. And I was like, okay. And I was like, where's my daughter? I want to see my daughter. And he was like, and I remember this very specifically. He's like, we're going to let you see your daughter, but you have to calm down so we can help you. So, after that, like, I was still crying, but I was a lot quieter. And I just sat in the back of the car until we went to the police station. So that, they put me in the little, like, interrogation room. And I sat in there. I don't know how long I sat in there. Um, I remember... A group of officers came in. There was probably like four or five of them. They all looked pretty young. Um, they just came in and they opened the door and they were looking at me. I guess just being like who I was or whatever. And I remember saying to them, I, I was like, I want my baby. Can you get my baby or whatever? And that got one of the guys was like, oh, you want your baby? And he's like, you bitch. And then he shut the, they shut the door. You're charged with the murder of your daughter and ultimately convicted some months later, receiving a sentence of life with the possibility of parole. When are you actually eligible for parole? I know you caught your case less than six years ago, so I, I know it won't be for quite some time, but do you know the exact year you will come up for parole? I come up for parole in 2044. How old will you be then? What, 52, I think. How do you feel knowing you're responsible for the death of your daughter at the end of the day? Um, wow. Um, I feel like shit. Um, I feel horrible. It's something that I carry with me. I'm always going to carry it with me if I could. 
it's like a, how do I explain it? It's like a big black stain on me. And it's, I'm conflicted because on one hand, I know it's my fault. But on the other hand, like my child is also gone. So I have to deal with that also. And a lot of the time, I'm looked at like, well, you can't grieve the loss of your child because it's your fault that she's not here. So that's something that I have to deal with every day. And I, not to sound like I want pity, but like I beat myself up about it because I, I know what I did. Now I know what I did. I'm very aware. I, I know it wasn't right at the time. I really did believe it was, but now it's just like, I lay in bed and I can think about all the things I could have possibly done differently. And that, like, it eats me up, but it bothers me, it keeps me awake, so. What do you think you could have done differently to avoid the subsequent death of your daughter at your hands? I mean, honestly, like, I, it all started years ago, like, when I first left home and started meeting these men and putting myself in the situation that I was in where I was so dependent on a man to for everything and away from my flight and they would have me like cut off from my family and all this and that. I mean, I could have, there's a lot of different things I feel like I could have done. I could have asked my parents to take me to therapy. I could have, uh, I don't know, called somebody else. I just... Re- reaching out for help when you, when you didn't? Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't because I didn't feel like I needed help. I didn't feel like anything was wrong with me. Before we conclude this interview, is there anything you would like to say or get off your chest? Now is the time to use this platform to do so. I know I was not a perfect mother. I know that. But I tried really, really hard. And that's one thing I want people to understand that I tried. And I really wanted to do right by my daughter. And I, I walk around now with, like, this big hole in me that's, like, just eating. And I don't know how to fix it or if it's fixable. I would like to try and go back to court to not to come home or anything, but, like, to get a lesser sentence, maybe, like, manslaughter, um, considering my state of mental health. But I don't, if anybody wants to, or it's possible, or if they can't help me with that, I would definitely accept the help. That was my interview with Mariel Bemis. Go ahead and check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash unforbiddentruth. I have tiers that allow you to get additional content to additional podcasts. I have a true crime gallery, which is items from my personal collection, which I'll be posting once a week. There's also a tier in which you can receive inmate procured artifacts which is $20 a month yeah go and check out my patreon thank you for tuning in to unforbidden truth and i hope to see you on the next one